Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Well, 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 uh, we are back, ladies and gentlemen, um, for a little post-match reaction. And what a match to react to. What a game. Real Madrid 2, Bayern Munich 2, 4-3 on aggregate, 2 lost Blancos. Uh, Nico Morales is here as well to discuss it all. I'm just, I think I'm feeling the same emotions you are. I am shell-shocked at that result. That is the, the exact word. I, I was watching it on TV at home. The one moment I missed was Sven Ulreich's very unfortunate slip where the back pass came in, he was caught in two minds, was going to pick it up at first, realised he couldn't, went to kick it, it was a horrible, horrible slip, an awful mistake which Karim Benzema capitalised on. I didn't actually see that live, that was the one moment I missed. Apart from that, I thought Bayern Munich were fantastic, they dominated the game, they had the better of the chances, the better of the possession, and yet, it's Real Madrid once again who go through and Bayern Munich once again let down by a huge error. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I think had it not had it not have been for that error, it would have gone to extra time because they would have had, I think, the two away goals and then obviously they conceded one, so they would have been like right even with Real Madrid. But I mean, yeah, that that's the that's the key moment here, which is a real heartbreaker for anyone that supports Bayern Munich and obviously all the Bayern Munich players because Without that, you know, Real Madrid did do better than they did in the first game, both, you know, just, I think, from the eye test and from a analytics standpoint. I think the expected goals were, like, pretty even. They were, like, 2.2 to 2.5 yeah. in favor of Bayern Munich. But at the same time, if you take out that error, which the, the the metric does account for, I think you can take away almost an entire point. So you have, like, a one-point-something to two-point-something. And I think in that case, you can say Bayern were unlucky. And really, they were unlucky across both legs but I think tactically the way this one played out was really interesting for me as well but yeah it, it, I would say for the most part Bayern, Bayern got robbed. Yeah I mean it's interesting you say tactically there Real Madrid starting with this 4-4-2 didn't seem to work I mean they were they were exposed so many times down the flanks but yet Bayern Munich couldn't couldn't take their chances. 
Yeah, it was, it was a strange one because we've seen, especially in the Champions League, Real Madrid roll out different iterations of somewhat of a defensive formation with Ronaldo at the tip, right? So you have like the 4-2-2-2 that they used against PSG, and that's like a very press-heavy formation because essentially just to kind of quickly go over why that is good for pressing is because with the two lines or with the three lines of two, you have three essentially physical press triggers. So those three lines of players that usually work together can uh, initiate pressing actions together. And so you have, if you have three different lines of them, it's just good for a, a pressing oriented strategy. But in this one, like you said, like you said, they, they kind of went with a more four, four, two, which was kind of like a four, three, three with Modric net next to, to uh, Kovacic in the middle and and Casemiro coming on later in the game, Lucas Vazquez in there as well. It was a weird one because obviously, like you're saying, they did get exposed. But again, I like the the things that Heinks did in this game because obviously in the first one I talked about how Bayern Munich were able to use the the talents that Mats Hummels has been you know recognized for for the majority of his career, which is being a really good on ball center back by provoking the Real Madrid pressing actions from, you know, uh, players like Lucas Vasquez and other guys, and then progressing the ball through the middle, Heinks knew that Real Madrid and Zidane would be smart enough to account for that, and what he did to kind of counteract what they would do in order to maybe, like, try to negate that is that he, you know, Lewandowski was really isolated, like I said on the last podcast, um, in the first leg, and so he pushed Muller up farther, he played Thiago from the start, he played uh, Tolisso, who's a really good uh, central Central midfielder. He was fantastic. Really good at thought, yeah. The yeah, he was great. And then you have Nicolas Sule that I think was maybe more played for uh, injury reasons. Rombo Tang missing the second leg, but still a really good on-ball center back. And then Mats Hummels as well. So they still had that element of ball progression to the middle because they didn't want to compete with uh, Real Madrid as much down the wings. But like you're saying there, David Alaba getting forward a bunch, seeing a ton of space there. Um, the only issue for me, I think, where they really kind of were hurting from the beginning is Frank Ribéry is way too old to be playing football. I mean, he could be a thousand years old. Yeah, if they so had Kingsley Coleman, to say that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they had Kingsley Coleman, who is an absolute, you know, beast and has been for a couple of years, and he's still so young. Um, if they had him, I, I think this probably would have gone a different direction. Yeah, yeah, there were a couple of times where Ribéry was on the ball in dangerous positions. You did feel if there was someone perhaps with just a little bit more pace about their play, maybe um, things could have been different. But I mean, twenty-two shots in total for Bayern Munich, 10 on target, 60% possession. They had the better of this game. I mean, we've spoken about that mistake from Sven Ulreich, an incredibly unfortunate area. But talk to me about Lewandowski because this is a player who got a lot of criticism. We've talked about how well Tolisso played. I thought Thomas Muller played well in this leg. Thiago as well. But we're talking about that, that lack of efficiency, that lack of a cutting edge in front of goal. Is it unfair to put that down to Lewandowski? I think we do have to concede Navas for all the criticism he got in that first leg. Made a handful of fantastic saves as well to deny Bayern Munich. Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it really would be harsh to kind of uh, level the the criticism solely on Lewandowski, as I spoke before. A lot of these times, and I heard the commentators on the particular broadcast that I was watching, like le- leveling criticism, and we hear that a lot in different games. Who, like, where were you watching this it? Player sh- 
Um, it's the American uh, broadcast, so it's going to be through Fox Sports. They they usually have some pretty decent commentators, but even so, with any broadcast, a lot of the time, like you look and rightfully so, you kind of look to these star players to produce in these larger moments. But at the same time, if you're not getting good service, if the team is specifically focusing on you, and Lewandowski in this specific case has 40 goals this season, so he hasn't bad a he hasn't had a bad season by any stretch of the imagination. Specifically focusing on you to not get any chances then I don't see how much more he could have done. I think he was, like I said, in the first leg, he was isolated. This leg, they pushed up Muller to give him more chances to try to give him more space because they would, the center, the second center back would be more occupied with Thomas Muller, who did find spaces in these areas because one person always had to be occupied with, with Robin Lewandowski. But I think it's one of those things that I'm not going to take it away from him and say like he should have done better in these situations because it's just a really good job done by Rafael Varane and Sergio Ramos to mm. take care of a striker that's as good as Lewandowski. And we know he's been, he's been good for a number of years. So another player that I was really impressed with, and I think I'm curious to hear what you have to say about him as well, but James Rodriguez. I, mean, I was about amazing. to say, yeah, I thought he, he was, was fantastic. fantastic. Obviously got the goal. Uh, the crucial goal, which uh, which had leveled it up and meant they just they needed just one more. I thought it was a fantastic performance. I didn't like. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a pet peeve of a lot of people. I think on modern football, but the non celebration celebration that they do after scoring. You against, don't like that? No, I'm not a fan of that. I just think just go for it. <laughs> you know I mean, you've just scored the Champions League semi final. Uh, you've you've already done the the, the deed. I think it, I think it's more of a respect thing, especially. I suppose uh, he's on loan. I think in, <laughs> so there is that. Yeah, in, in his case, <laughs> he literally still is a Real Madrid but player. So. I, I really didn't like as well uh, when he kicked the ball out of play. So it looked like Marco Asensio had gone down. He sort of slipped. Maybe he had cramp, or maybe when he fell, he sort of suffered an injury to to his ribs. It looked like uh, Bayern Munich. Uh, the players were sort of looking around each other, imploring each other to just play on. Yeah, it wasn't a foul. They, they were under no obligation necessarily to kick the ball out. And all of a sudden it comes to James Rodriguez, who sort of reluctantly booted out of play. A couple of Bayern Munich players looked like they were taking issue with that. I think at that point, 85 minutes into the game, chasing a goal to get into the Champions League final, it, it, it was difficult for me to understand that decision, despite the fact, as we've mentioned, he is on loan from Real Madrid. I mean, what did you make of that? A good sportsmanship or stupidity? I think James Rodriguez is is genuinely someone that is a good guy from all of the press dealings that I've heard with him and his general way of being within the media. So I think it, it kind of moves more towards that. But yeah, I mean, I think in that specific case, I wouldn't have done that. I would have just tried to put my team in the best position. But I can definitely see, I think James Rodriguez is genuinely a, a nice guy and doesn't want to piss anybody off. He, so. He's going to be unpopular in a buying dressing room, I reckon, uh, <laughs> at full time there. Um, let's talk a little bit about Real Madrid, though. I mean, it, I think the general sense of it is that perhaps the better team on the night lost. But once again, Real Madrid pulled through. Are we seeing a team that's, that's simply built for this competition, that's built for tournament football? It's their third consecutive. Champions League final now the first team to reach 16 European Cup finals in total I mean are you backing them potentially to win in the final against Liverpool do you feel like Liverpool if they do get through are there to expose them have they just got the mentality have they just got this will to win that could see them win a third an incredible third successive Champions League I mean, it's funny that you say that because as someone that likes to write, a, maybe take a different approach to writing about football to- topics, mm. when I'm watching these games, these kind of pitch ideas always pop up in my head. And as, you know, Byron scored very early on and it looked like they were going to mount a, a serious challenge to 
Real Madrid's uh, ability to get to a third consecutive Champions League final, I kind of thought, you know, this Bayern team, we talk about how good Liverpool is and we talk about how good they are at stretching opponents and stretching the pitch in ways that teams don't really want that to happen. Like, they're very good at making teams do things that they don't want to do. This Bayern team, as bad as maybe they've been in the Bundesliga and as bad as the Bundesliga has been, they would be perfect, the perfect type of opponents for Liverpool to go up against because like I'm saying like I was saying against Real Madrid in, in both this leg and, and or yeah, this leg and the previous one, they provoke that press and then they expose them up the middle. And Liverpool have not been good defensively. If they were able to do that sort of over, you know, one game as we know the final is against a, a Liverpool defense that has always been shaky. I mean, I couldn't imagine a better sort of approach than a team that is able to do that against Real Madrid nonetheless. And so, uh, though I think, I, you know, jokingly, I kind of said, you know, thank you, or a while ago, I was like, congratulations to Real Madrid. They're going to be the, the champions this season, which is still obviously a definite possibility. They're an exceptional team. I'm not sure that the te- from, from, a, from a stylistic standpoint that Real Madrid is, is the favorite going into this one, um, considering how good Liverpool have been and the fact that Liverpool, or rather Real Madrid might want to dominate possession in the final considering they are the the team with more pedigree, the team with a bit more expectation. I think Bayern might have been a, 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 a an opponent that was better suited to the the approach that Liverpool have been successful with. It feels like Liverpool fancy their chances against this Real Madrid side. I mean, we saw, as we mentioned, how David Alaba, especially on that left-hand side, exploited the space behind the full-back. Liverpool will be able to expose this team, surely, Nico. They'd rather play Real Madrid than Bayern Munich, surely, in this final. I think so. I, I definitely think so, especially after kind of the tactical dynamic that I just talked about. And and with how exploitable this Real Madrid team has been over this past year, especially across these two legs, I mean, it's really, as we've kind of alluded to over the past 10 minutes, it's a miracle that this Real Madrid team has gotten this far. And I mean, while I think no one would bet against them at this point, considering how much quote-unquote luck we've seen them have, they do have exceptional players on the night. And at the same time with you would almost say that Liverpool have proven their way to the final whereas it seems Real Madrid have almost stumbled their way into a, another Champions League final right so I think in that case Liverpool fans Lawrence McKenna included would, would very much fancy their chances in a in a in a European final against uh, the three or possibly three-time consecutive winners how would you expect or how do you think Zidane should potentially set up his team in a final against Liverpool I know we're getting slightly ahead of ourselves. Um, <laughs> how do you think Zidane needs to set up against Liverpool if they do get to the final? Though? How does he need to change things to to sort of plug those gaps, as it were? The difficulty in, in kind of predicting these things is that I think my immediate response would be to say, do the things that he's been doing. Be more defensive in your approach. Look for Liverpool to expose themselves and then counter counter upon them with the with the offensive weapons that Real Madrid has at their disposal as they have a lot of opponents this season the difficulty with that is that Real Madrid and Real Madrid's players rather don't really seem all that keen on defending <laughs> um so the yeah. the like if you look at some of the better defensive sides of the past couple of years it's not just about you know maybe employing a defensive approach or having a defensive formation you have these kind of concrete bonds between 
players that play in, a, in an inherently defensive system. With Real Madrid, that doesn't really seem to exist because they always know and they're always trying to get a chance uh, in, in attack and a chance on the counter. And they're very good at that. But when you come up against a Liverpool team that is as good as they are in exploiting space and, and creating situations that you don't want to be in, I would almost say that, that Real Madrid should try to try to be more proactive in, in their approach and not be so defensive because clearly defending isn't one of their greatest attributes. And when you have to leave everything up to your central defenders and constantly ask them to make plays as they have um, with Varane and Sergio Ramos, not just this, this season, but for a number of seasons... I don't know if you want to play those odds in a final, but I could be wrong. This is Real Madrid. They have won so many trophies consecutively, especially in this competition. It's just so difficult to see past them, even with all of these kind of stylistic odds stacked against them. Finally on Bayern then, uh, their new manager, Niko Kovac, it was confirmed he's going to be joining the club uh, for the start of next season, joining from Eintracht Frankfurt. Where do you think Bayern go from here? How does he progress this team? I mean, we were speaking about how Barcelona uh, yesterday, how they can perhaps reassert themselves in Europe. Bayern Munich, it feels like all the ingredients are there. I mean, even in goal, Sven Ulreich, a very young goalkeeper, has been fantastic for Bayern Munich this season, despite the absence of Manuel Neuer. They've got players like Kimmich as well, who've been incredible in this campaign, young players there. Is it a question or is it a matter of sort of moving on the likes of Ribéry, et cetera, as you, as you mentioned earlier, and sort of trusting those young players, perhaps bringing in more elite quality at their prime? Is, is that how Kovac takes them to the next level? I think, like you're saying there, a lot of the pieces are already in place for, for Kovac. I think Bayern Munich, the way that they have sort of structured themselves as a club is really... is an elite, if I can use that kind of sports talk radio BS kind of title um, way, because if you look at the Bundesliga table right now, despite managerial turnover in the middle of their season, they're 81 points. And that's, I think the the next closest team is Schalke with 57. And they, they haven't had a, a great year really on the pitch, but they're still taking care of business in that respect. So I think in terms of their European success, it, the, the piece is already in place. I think both Arturo Vidal and Kingsley Coleman missing the rest of the season was sort of quote-unquote optional in a lot of cases because they had they opted to have knee surgery so that they could recover better. So in those situations, Arturo Vidal is going to last them a bit longer, who's been key for them for a long time. Kingsley Coleman is obviously a big part of what they're doing going forward. Like we said, hopefully phasing out Franck Ribéry and sort of that golden generation of Bayern players that came before them with Ribéry and Robin and those guys. They they have Sandro Wagner, who's done pretty well since coming into Bayern Munich, who can can alleviate some of the maybe uh, more physical times that, that Robin Lewandowski doesn't want to play or give him a bit of rest. The rest of it is really there for them because David Alaba is very young. Kimmich is very young. Nicholas Sula is, is is extremely young. I think he's twenty one or twenty two. Hummels they can they can ride for a little bit longer, and, and Tolisso all... and, and their midfield is kind of set. And that's the thing that they're not only these young uh, players, but the the quality that they possess is extraordinarily high. Immense, immense. I mean, look just look at Kimmich. He's pr- making the case that he's one of the best right backs in the world, and he was playing central midfield just a season ago under Pep, and he's adequate in both positions. And he was doing that at the beginning of the season, actually. So you have this extremely talented group of players that I think is committed to staying at Bayern Munich, and that you really don't see people leaving Bayern that often. And if they can actually secure James Rodriguez as well, 
um, because obviously we, we've talked about the, di- the political dynamic of him not thriving at Real Madrid or, or Isco being selected over him, then they have a really, really, really good team um, and a really good team filled with young players. So I think the future is bright uh, in terms of European success uh, for, for Bayern Munich. Maybe next year, but maybe this year for Real Madrid, they progress, as I said, to their third consecutive Champions League final. Could they make it three in a row? And who will they be playing? It remains to be seen tomorrow night, Liverpool versus Roma, uh, 5-2 up after that first leg. Can Jurgen Klopp, Klopp's men finish the job and get through into that final? That would be an absolute corker. Uh, until tomorrow night, when we'll be back, hopefully, uh, to give some more reaction from the game. Nico, where can the whole, where can the listeners find you? They can find me at our new... Newly designed Ooh. Twitter at the front three. Great design. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, guys, do go and follow us there uh, for all the latest to stay up to date with the podcast. We're going to be uploading more than ever on TF3 as we announced yesterday. We're coming back bigger and better than ever. And we're going to be announcing that Patreon at the end of the season where you can officially become a member of the whole. Um, yeah, lots of exciting stuff to come. So stay tuned and we'll speak to you tomorrow. That's a magic number. Yes, it is. It's the magic number. Three. Somewhere in this hip-hop soul community was born three they stuff in me, and that's a magic number. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.